Check one, two. Check one, two. Testing the mic. That's check. Perfect. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's perfect. That's who did the mic check. Yes, it was. Did that. Yeah, I was it's... like, I knew, I was, I said, I was saying mic check yesterday, and I was like, that was a finisher move, wasn't it? But I could not remember whose it was. I was thinking it was the Miz's, so I guess I completely forgot about Mister Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's easily forgettable. Um, mm. But anyway, um, I suppose the reason why we are skyping at this ridiculous time on a Wednesday instead of on the Friday or a Saturday, I can't even remember when we fucking. It's Saturday, isn't it, that we normally record. Yeah, we usually record on Saturdays. Yes, but um, I don't know. The way the way I like to do this is I I don't do a, a introduction as such. I just kind of like start up at a random point in the conversation and then just drop it in. So I guess people are already listening at this point. So um, the, <laughs> I, I'm sure they were riveted by all of the sound and mic checks that we were doing. Uh, well, mo- most of Unless our that wasn't in it. most and of our fan base make any sense. Uh, no, I'm I'm going to imagine that most of our fan base are probably uh, kind of hold over some RBR, even if we do actually have some original listeners that come to us. But um, yeah, I mean, the reason that we're doing this, um, as people that follow either of us on Twitter are probably going to know, is because uh, we got into a little kind of tete-a-tete as regards Man of Steel. And rather than having an argument in 140 characters or less, I thought it would be a good idea just to kind of do it over Skype because... Fuck Twitter for arguments. It's terrible. You get two it's or three tweets, difficult. and you get on three different threads of thought. And like we had this in in our little thing where like I I was making two separate points, and then you were coming back with two separate points. Meanwhile, I was responding to the first one, and it was just <laughs> right. a fucking headache. So I figured this would probably be the easier way to do it. But when uh, can we make a, an easier way to argue with celebrities? I mean, right now that's all you can do, and it's. It's hectic and confusing. I know. I, I feel like maybe there's room for another social media platform where you can just shout at celebrities and they just shout back at you. Um, I don't know if that would take off or if anyone would want to use it because, you know, as a celebrity, the last thing you want is a place where people are just free to hurl abuse at you. But um, That's basically what Twitter already is, but I guess we, I don't know. We can call it, uh, let's call it Shout Face. Shout Face. Shout, shout at face. <laughs> My shouty face. <laughs> dot com. We'll, we'll get that URL tied up now so that nobody uh, picks it up when they listen to this. Yeah. Um, we'll put it. We'll put it right on there with uh, LOL Sports and uh, <laughs> LOL Dirt Sheets. Yeah. Okay. That's um, what I meant. Let's cut that out. Let, when I said, oh I said no no no! Thing. I'm not going to cut any. Of, I'm not going to cut any of this L- stuff. LOL out. Dirt Sheets. LOL Dirt Sheets. Not LOL Sports, which was a good listen, except it was far too um, American. That also didn't last very long, but well, well, it, it lasted a little bit longer than LOL Sheets. <laughs> it lasted longer than under over, but that's another story. Um, so <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm looking at my Twitter um, feed now because I wanted to remember the points that you were making. Um, and it's kind of difficult to keep a track on it. Hang on, let's see. Okay, so the first one that you sent me was... Um, because I had pointed out that, um, let's see. Well, I had started this, uh, by tweeting that... You said Man of Steel 2 was going to be terrible. Right, essentially, yeah. I, 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 my philosophy is that Man of Steel 2, or I'm excited for Man of Steel 2, um, (laughs) in the same way that you click on a video of somebody, like, falling on their face, and you're like, (laughs) oh, it's going to be fun when they fall on their face. That's what I'm excited to see. It's Mm. like, 
it's an ironic sense of excitement because I don't think it's going to be good, mm. but I'm very excited to see it. <laughs> Which, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame. I mean, first of all, I suppose I could be like the super nerdy, annoying fucker and just say, well, actually, it's not going to be Man of Steel 2. It's going to be a Justice League movie. But we, well, we both know Man what you're Steel talking too. about. Yeah, we both know yeah. what you're talking about. It's like Superman is carrying... A... Well, no, 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 no. This movie that is coming out in 2016 is Man of Steel 2, not Justice League. No, no, no. They've they've com- they've completely opened it up. They've got bunch of a whole bunch of different actors coming into it now. It is essentially yeah, a yeah. But League. it's still it's the continuation of Man of Steel in both the writing yeah. and the direction I, and I the suppose. cast and the story because it is it is titled uh, Man of Steel two. No, they called it Batman vs. No, they Superman. didn't. It's, not, it's never Batman. been called that. It's always been Man of Steel 2. No, it hasn't. The internet hasn't. found out Batman was going to be in it and started calling it Batman vs. Superman. And there's not even any indication that Batman and Superman are going to fight in this. It is they That is all speculation. It's always been called Man of Steel 2. I mean, I like the idea that they might fight and the fact that they, they It's actually... possible, yeah. It's definitely a possibility. Um, let me actually... Let me pull this up real quick. Because they did release a photo of Ben Affleck in the Batsuit. And yes, it they looks did. really fucking awesome. It looks like Frank Miller's Batman from um, The does. Dark Knight Returns. Um, and as everyone knows that has uh, read that story or um, will eventually listen to the second half of our review of it on Generation Animation, there is a fight between Superman and Batman in that comic book, which is outstanding. And it would be kind of cool to see something like that. Except without Batman going away, because I quite like the idea of keeping Batman around now that we've got him back. Yeah, uh, hold on. Let me, right now, I am, I am pulling up a list of all of the names that were registered for this movie. Right. Um, because uh, DC did go about and start um, basically just trademarking a bunch of names uh, that they could potentially use. I don't think they've even decided on what they actually want to call this movie. No, it makes sense. They've been doing that in movies and, and latterly um, video games. They, they've been doing that for a long time, just you know, trademarking a whole slew of different things. It was that big story when uh, Microsoft trademarked a bunch of different names, including uh, Fusion, and everyone thought for a while that the next Xbox was going to be called Xbox Fusion because of the fact it brought everything together into one package. So, yeah, it's not... It's, it's not probably better than new. one. I, I always made the... Um, you know, I understood why they called it... Or, why, or the Sony... What were you calling it? I found the page. I, I was half listening to you because I was looking for this. So I think uh, the words coming out of do my that. mouth don't correlate with what you were saying. Do you um, understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Okay, so what were you saying? Um, basically just saying that it's nothing new that companies for years have been trademarking just lots and lots of variations on a theme because even they don't know exactly what they want to use yet. So they will just trademark everything so that they don't end up being... Uh, in a position where somebody is is sitting on the URL that they want, you know. Okay, let me uh, let me read off a na- list of of names of this movie that have been registered. Right. Uh, Man of Steel, Battle the Night, spelled with a K. Man of Steel, Beyond Darkness. Man of Steel, Black of Night, spelled with a K. Man of Steel, Darkness Falls. Man of Steel, Night Falls with a K. Man of Steel, Shadow of the Night with an N. Man of Steel, The Blackest Hour, and Man of Steel, The Darkness Within. 
So those are movie titles um, you that have been... bet your ass they will not use any of those. I think they are definitely <laughs> going to use one of those. Well, if they, they do, I hope money it's... on making them a reality. No, 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 no. This is the thing. It's like, they've got a lot of money to do this, and it doesn't cost that much to trademark or, or you know, to take a, a website under ownership. It really doesn't, especially when they are that long and that kind of complex and out of the way. Like, fair enough, if you want, like, videogames.com, it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. But to a film company, that's not really going to be a problem. But for, like, Man of Steel and then, like, the Dark Knight Rises, or you know, the the Night Falls, or whatever. But that's quite a complicated URL. It's not going to be one that they need to spend a lot of money on. I would have thought. But that's neither here nor there. Like, um, okay. The, the main uh, crux... here's the point. And this mm. is this is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Um, Man Man of Steel, or there there are two essentially two movies that have been confirmed from DC's camp coming out in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, we had Man of Steel come out last year in 2016 this movie that has Batman in it and Wonder um, Woman Wonder Woman as and uh, Gal Gadot is Man of Steel 2 right okay and it is it is going to be titled probably one of the things I just read because they that's what they were trademarking were names for this movie they haven't picked one yet but those are the it's probably going to be one of those since that's what they're going for mm. um that movie um is actually uh, the last movie, Man of Steel, was produced by Legendary. Uh, the new one is actually going to be produced by Dune, which is, of course, uh, Brett Ratner's uh, production company. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're taking over for what Legendary um, did. Synocopy, uh, however you say Nolan's production company, is also <laughs> going to be involved in it. Syncopy, is it? Synopsy. Sin copy? It's probably that. something. I don't know. It's um, weird, like most right, of his movies. Yeah. Right now, we know um, the cast so far is we have um, Henry Cavill coming back as um, Superman mm-hmm. or Man of Steel. Uh, Affleck as Batman. Affleck is Batman. Yeah, Gal, Gadot. Gal Gadot is is Wonder Woman, and um, what's his name is Lex Luthor. Um, yeah, that, well, yeah. Jeremy Irons is actually playing Alfred, um, and Jesse Eisenberg is playing Lex Luthor. Uh, and Ray Fisher hmm. has been cast as Cyborg or Victor Stone. Uh, I'm not sure in which if he'll already be Cyborg or if that'll be. I think something, but yeah, I, I I would have thought he'll probably already be Cyborg. And you know, the the way that they're going at this, and this is one of the things I wanted to pick up on. Uh, talking to you tonight is that you know everyone has been saying and I did I did say um, in our little Twitter argument before we called a halt on it that um, the only way to do it is the Marvel way but if you remember when they were going back and uh, going way way back when they were first starting up the Marvel series everyone was saying this is crazy why are you doing all of these individual movies before you do the team movie it was well, like I was wisdom. not saying that no I know you, you weren't saying that but <laughs> like I'm just per- saying me personally because but it's something I... that irritates me about just the general argument of oh you have to do it the way Marvel did it is that before Marvel did it that way nobody thought that that was the way to do it and right. so well, you know it's but like here, perceived but, but here's wisdom. my point before Marvel did it nobody had done it and no that's true now, but you shouldn't that ape something it, just because it happens to have worked we know that it worked yeah, of course. It. Yeah, it did work, but that's not to say that Am you I have to do that it, it that way. Can't, 
it, I'm not saying that it can't work a different way or the way they're doing it. I'm mm. just saying that it won't work. Because um, that, it's no, not, no, it's you not can't about say that. individual films. It's about the people behind the uh, behind the films. If you're saying something won't work, you're saying it can't work. It's a completely I, inane no, way I'm, of saying okay, it. Okay, but no, my point is that I'm not saying I, I'm saying that I believe it will not work. Right. Very powerfully. I'm not saying that it is impossible for it to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I'm saying when I say it won't work. You just don't think it is going to work, but and it's a not. Chart it's here. not just because they're using a different formula from Marvel. Mm. Um, it's because I think Zack Snyder and David S. Goyer made a, a bland uh, movie last year. Here we go. Here we go. We're getting into it now. And it's uh, and it had some things that were decent mm-hmm. in it. But overall, I didn't think the movie worked, and it's not a universe that I want to see these films continue in. And right. I know it's going to. And quite frankly, I don't want David S. Goyer and Zack Snyder making these movies. And they are. And the other big difference between this formula and Marvel, it's not just multiple movies. It's the fact that they had multiple directors and writers that are well-known and established for already making very good things come in and do these things. Zack Snyder and David S. Goyer are not two people who are known for doing good things. I would argue that David S. Goyer has done some fantastic work with Da Vinci's Demons. And also he was involved quite heavily with the Batman trilogy that happened just before. He has a story credit on all three Dark Knight Knight films. He Mm. didn't write any of them. No, he's an ideas guy. But he wrote Man of Steel, and I don't think Man of Steel was well written. I, I don't see the problem that a lot of people have with Man of Steel. Like like I said to you on Twitter, I think that the third act felt very rushed in terms of... And and this is... You know, the, the movie's out now, people, so if you don't want it spoiled, you're, we're you're really going to... We're going to spoil Man yeah. of Steel, because we're going to be talking so about... So you're really going to have to turn so. off if you don't want things spoiled. But here we go. Um, the moment that he breaks Zod's neck and chooses humanity over uh, Krypton is a very powerful moment. And then they completely lose all of that power by just yes. skipping straight ahead to this whole, oh, I downed your drone, sorry about that. Right, and <laughs> hey, it's like a by. funny, it's like a joke scene. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be because you lose all of the power and, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you need you, to let that you breathe. Literally, you leave Superman, he's crying mm. and hugging Lois Lane and he's upset about yeah. what he did. It has to be let to breathe. And then he breathe. actually, he could have killed those people by throwing that satellite. Like, he almost made them crash and hit the satellite he was throwing in their general vicinity like I mean I don't is... think he would have hit them with that but you know my point well, was that purpose, you need to no, no, well he's got telescopic vision and all that shit but what I'm saying is that you know the one thing that I felt wasn't good about that movie for me like the one glaring thing that that sticks out having watched it a few times since originally watching it in the cinema is the fact that they didn't let that breathe and they needed to and it only would have taken five or ten minutes of him just kind of like you know showing him in isolation and just working things through and then eventually coming back round and you know coming out the other side of it it wouldn't have taken much like uh but as it is it's just kind of like it goes from oh i killed the last remnant of my civilization oh no now i'm making jokes it's like that doesn't work for me at all having said that i don't really buy into the problems that other people have with the rest of the movie and that's something that i feel like we're going to be talking about yeah so now this is going to get interesting but uh so far you and me agree i we agree because I did hmm. not I really did not like that but and you know it, that's one 
thing that they did wrong, which right, you know, For, you, that we can agree it, was yeah, wrong. but it's understandable. Yeah. You know, you can you can make a mistake and you can learn from it and you can come back in the next movie and correct those things. And I hope they do. Um, but moving forward, um, you do have other problems with that movie, don't you? And I'd I'd yeah. like to counter those if I, I could. I think we can probably discuss this in a way that. We we can find the problems going through the the plot. Mm. I my I start having a problem with Man of Steel somewhere in the middle of the film. I think uh, it, it starts out, of course, on Krypton. It mm-hmm. shows what it's like there. It's interesting, innovative, different from the rest of the film. It's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, you're showing Clark growing up as a kid, and I loved all of that. I thought it was mm-hmm. good. I thought it was interesting. Um, and I liked the idea of uh, Clark basically wandering around just doing working man stuff because he could. And he would every once in a while he would help somebody or save somebody mm-hmm. and then he would have to completely disappear and change his identity. Yeah, he doesn't know what to do with the power that right. he has. Yeah, because that, he's like, I know. Once these people see me do something remarkable, I need to leave mm, because mm. I can't let them know more about me. That's what my father um, had told me. My my Kevin Costner, yeah, yeah, my, my Kevin Costner father told me. <laughs> <laughs> and, my Waterworld um, father. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so he's moving around. He's doing he's doing different things. I liked all of that. Mm, I liked yeah. the I, 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 the idea of him just not knowing what to do with life, but him being a decent person yeah and he and i like henry Cavill's performance through the beginning of the movie Mm. it's when i think right around the time that you you have um his other father played uh by russell Mm crowe come in and um basically tell him look you're an alien you're from a different planet you can give these people hope here's your costume <laughs> right. and uh he goes and, and as soon as that sort of happens hmm. um and it's and maybe it's a it's a it's a frustrating thing and they're trying to, for me for me there's too much of this like i'll tell you what i think was their plan hmm. and i and i'll tell you why i think that their plan didn't work because we have in batman in the dark knight um, Christian Bale's portrayal of the difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman is that when he's wearing his cowl and he's wearing his Batman um, uniform, armor, whatever he's wearing, mm-hmm. um, he speaks in that gravelly voice. And it's not necessarily a good voice, but <laughs> it's something that even when – and they never explain this, but you can basically assume whenever – He's wearing that. He's talking like that, regardless of if, if he's with Alfred, who knows his identity or not, or um, with anyone at all, for that matter. Right? If anybody, yeah, yeah even when nobody's so there. That's what that feels like. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So there's um oh, that's a whole other episode. So we'll <laughs> we'll talk about this though. Um, basically, um, I I I kind of get this idea that what he was going for writing that was probably that was probably something they wrote into the script and had agreed on him and Nolan during when they were talking about Rises and the rest of the the Nolan films Hmm. and then my guess is that he was like well we should do that with Superman so 
you have whenever Superman is dressed as Superman, you have Clark Kent acting like he is not a person. He's acting like he's an alien. And on one hand, that kind of makes sense in terms of the fact that everyone thinks he's an alien. If you want to have the secret identity, I guess that's that's one way of going with it is to act differently than you do when you're Clark Kent. I uh, I, I see but what you're saying. If you, I, I mean, I just watched this a few days ago yeah. and he – be, he, he, there's a lot of humanity at the beginning of his performance, th- which is why it's so noticeable when he's when he seems to purposely stop doing it halfway through the film. He stops acting normal, and there's scenes when he's like, he's like, "Look, I'm just a kid from Kansas." Right at the end of the movie, and he doesn't seem like a real person. He doesn't seem like a guy just standing in front of you saying, "Yeah, look, I got superpowers, but I'm just from Kansas. I'm a normal American person." He doesn't seem like that anymore. He's, he did at the beginning of the movie, but now he doesn't seem like he's a normal person. It doesn't seem like he's grown up on Earth his entire life. He seems like he's a, he's detached. He mm. really does. I mean, I, I didn't get that from that performance at all. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just that we're looking at it from two perspectives. You know, me from a completely different country and, uh, you know, you from the, the U.S. being, you know, knowing that kind of... Um, that, that kind of character. But... I, I don't know, I, I didn't feel like he was betraying his humanity at all at any point in that movie. Um, well, not betraying his humanity. But, yeah, I know, yeah, it's just the way I chose to say what you were saying, but you know, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's um, just like, the, it's just, he didn't seem, he didn't seem like he did the rest of the movie before he but became But this is Superman. the thing, I, I don't think he was acting like an alien. I, I think that when he's wearing the suit, he just becomes like a, a much more confident um person than he might be if he was just wearing just jeans and a flannel shirt like he's much more authoritative and i don't know if that's because of him or if it's because of the fact that he's got a big fucking s on his chest um but it's like the the interaction that he has in... it's not an s it means hope no exactly yeah yeah but i was just going to reference that the fact that you know, <laughs> when he's in that interrogation and Lois Lane says, you know, um, why are you letting them put handcuffs on you? And he says, you know, whatever makes them feel safer. And then they go on this whole thing about what's the S stand for. And, you know, he's, he's like, oh, it stands for hope. And then she, uh, she says, no, no, it's an S for Sue. And then, then she gets cut off, as we all know, because that's... But, a, then, they call, but then they call him Superman anyway. Yeah, like, they do. But they had to do later. that. That was, that was like the money shot. It was like, oh, they're calling him Superman now. It's like, you know, you have to get the name out there at some point because, fuck, it's not on the marquee, so you might as well use it during the movie. I um, wish it would have been something almost like The Dark Knight where they, maybe someone called him like, uh, he's like a Superman or the, the Superman. Instead no, of just being I, like, oh, well, I guess we're calling him Superman now. Cause it's... On, honestly, I'd much rather they did it the way they did it in the film than what they did with Arrow. And I love Arrow. I think anyone that follows me on Twitter will know that I'm all over that. Um, The problem with Arrow is the entire first series, they just call him The Vigilante. They don't call him Arrow. They don't call him Green Arrow. He is just The Vigilante. And I hated that. Um, Eventually, they got around to giving him the nickname of The Arrow. And even that sounds a little bit strange because it should be Green Arrow, but fuck it. The Arrow's better than The Vigilante, so I'll take it. But it took a whole season for them to do that. And I hate that. I wish that they could get the name out there much quicker. So I, you know, I don't mind that. I mean, as far as I'm and concerned, I'm calling that's him Superman. Mainly, that's fine. mainly a problem with what we're this. Um, and, and I and I honestly don't think that the Marvel movies have this problem as much as the DC because DC wants to act in this dark. Everything is much darker. They want to ground and it, more realistic. Yeah. And yeah. the problem with that is it does create 
well, then people wouldn't call people Superman, but that's actually what you call them. And it gets... And then you have to, like, make a joke out of it. And no, I, I, don't, just... I don't think it's a joke at all. I think at the end of the day, you know... Oh, that call is him... played for... When he calls him Superman, and he's like... and he's like, We're calling what? him Superman now. Yeah, yeah but that's that because it does sound... That was not... Yeah, but imagine imagine you live in the world, and this is actually something which I thought was really clever in the way that they wrote the script, because, you know, at the beginning of the movie, you say how he's going from place to place, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. It's because the concept of a superhero doesn't exist in that world. Yeah, well, then why is he pretending to be a superhero at the flashback at the end of the movie? Because <laughs> he is. He's wearing a I cape. I have no idea. I've tried to justify that many times. Maybe he's <laughs> pretending to be a musketeer. Maybe he's pretending to be a swashbuckling pirate. I don't know. But he's wearing a cape and he's got his hands on his hips and it's a kind of a cool moment for, you know, because for his dad to be able to see him like that and to be able to be like, you know, one day he can be a force for good and in a way he's seeing what his son will become without realising it. It's kind cool because you know that he's never actually going to live long enough to see his son become that thing. Yeah, because he's going to get killed by a fucking tornado. Exactly. Which is another thing. We we will get onto that. We will get onto that, honestly. But, you know, I just wanted to go back to the idea that, um, you know... It, the idea of a superhero is ridiculous, except for the fact that maybe there might already be a bloke flying around Gotham City dressed as a bat. Um, we don't know yet. We'll have to wait until the second movie comes out before we can tell what the backstory is on that. Um, and I don't remember. Was was there any specific reference to Batman? There was besides, a Wayne Enterprises. Well, no, there was like there was reference. the Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. There was. There was no was mention there, of Batman. No, no. Nobody called. No one said anything. About no, Batman, but to be right? fair, Batman is just a nut job in a cape and a hood that goes around beating criminals up in Gotham City like to this point uh, Batman would be um, he wouldn't be a superhero because he's not a superhero until really kind of like supervillains turn up and supervillains don't turn up until there are superheroes to cause them to turn up this is this big theory about you know why are there so many supervillains is it because they are created by the fact that there are these heroes in the way um and you know that's something that can be uh, looked into and explored, and it has been many, many times by a lot of very talented writers. Certainly, a lot more talented than I am in, in coming up with this stuff. But um, you know, I, I do wonder if maybe uh, the reason that they don't reference Batman is because he's basically at the moment just a local nut job, like a, a legend. Maybe he's you know, Batman was always meant to be a legend. He wasn't meant to be you know walking around in daylight hitting people and getting the word pow just plastered across the TV screen. And, you know, he's not a daytime character. He he shouldn't appear in the daylight at all. He should be in the shadows. He should be a, a legend that's passed down from criminal to criminal. And, you know, he's feared uh, as the monster that he may be, but we all know yeah, he isn't. Yeah, he's, he's like a thing that people don't know anything about. Well, the reason exactly why it. I was wondering is because... Um, if they're doing this Dark Knight Returns version of Man or in Man of Steel two, it mm. would make more sense if he's been doing it for a few people years. People knew who he was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I but... think people will know of him, but I don't think he's going to be on the same level as, as Superman is because Superman is a guy that can fly, wears a, br- a bright red cape, and you know, fought off a massive alien invasion in a city which apparently became deserted the moment that it all started happening. Because I know that's a criticism, so I just wanted to meet that one head on. But no, I, I think his humanity is still there. I think that it's just that, you know, when he becomes Superman, when he puts that cape on, he becomes a more confident person and uh, he becomes a symbol uh, of hope, you know, as he says of his chest piece. And he's certainly, he's, he's not. The thing is, the thing is, 
Clark Kent is not Clark Kent. He is Kal-El. He's Superman. That's who he is. Yes, he was brought up with good American values. And, for, you know. for, no, he's been Clark Kent for 33... He's 33 years old. No, he but was this born is... and raised... He's just now finding out that he is an alien. Yeah, he's always had yeah, these, but these abilities and powers, but it never stopped him from being normal. No, but what I'm saying is, is that um, the Clark Kent that you're presented with at the end of the movie, the one that wears a, a suit and tie and a pair of glasses, is just a cover. Um you'll find in the next movie that he'll act much in the same way I would imagine that Christopher Reeve acted when he was dressed up as Clark Kent, uh, you know, the mild-mannered reporter. He'll be a bumbling idiot. He won't be able to get his words out properly. He'll he'll be uh, unconfident. And then when he's dressed as Superman, he will be more like Clark Kent actually is and was in the first movie. Because (laughs) that's who Superman is. If it was me, if I was doing this and it's a realistic version, Mm -hmm. I would make it uh, (laughs) the idea less of that he's he's bumbling on purpose because he doesn't want people to think he's Superman. And more that he's like a 33-year-old man with no (laughs) journalistic experience (laughs) who's been spending most of his life as a drifter trying to be a good journalist. That would be awesome. But no, I, I I think that there's a lot of um, there are a lot of people that that believe this that you know that Batman especially you know you brought Batman up earlier Bruce Wayne is just a cover for Batman and I feel like um, the the Clark Kent that we will get to know in the next movie as far as like you know when he's Clark Kent um, is just a cover for the real Clark Kent who happens to be Superman. He, when when he is dressed as Superman, he will act more like the Clark Kent that we got to know in that first movie. And the new Clark Kent that we see walking around Metropolis is just going to be a cover, you know, a shell, really, that just protects his identity. I'm also well, quite interested to see about this whole idea of Lois knowing who he is from the word go. Yeah, well, I want to... Well, let's, let's talk about Kevin Costner being killed by a tornado. Yeah, let's... This, let's, is, a, let's. this is much less about why I don't think Man of Steel... Two will work, and much more just a dumb thing that happens in this movie. Can we agree that that was dumb? I I think there's a lot more power in seeing him lose his father to a heart attack, uh, which is something he's completely powerless to do uh, right. anything about. Uh, you know, uh, and and that was why the scene in the original Superman movie was so powerful was because he's got all of this superhuman power and strength and you know intelligence but he can't save the one he loves from an act of God so to speak Um, and I get what they're trying to do with the whole hurricane tornado thing because it is a similar act of God Um, but I I don't know I I didn't mind it at the time and watching it again knowing what's happening I'm struck by the fact that it shows that Kevin Costner's character was that vehemently against his son being turned into this he was kind so of vehemently circus. against it that he said, "Oh, maybe you should kill the, you should let all those children die." Uh, it, it's a difficult one because I don't think that he said that as an evil. No, well, he wasn't. Person. You know, yeah, I'm not saying he just, was evil, but it's he didn't say maybe you should have done it in in as much as maybe you should have done it. He was just saying. He was just saying what was in. No, 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 but my point is, like, what you you just said was Mm. that he, um, he had said 
or, or that he, that he was so against Superman showing his powers that he would let himself die in a tornado. But I mean, he was also so against it that he was like, "Hey, maybe you should have let those that bus full of children die instead of doing something about it." Like that's how. Mm-hmm. Like we already knew he was against it at that point enough to maybe to just say when asked, "Should I have let them die?" He said, "Maybe." Yeah, he said maybe, but he didn't say yes. You should. He was just kind of like, well, I don't yeah, have the was, answers. He was like, yeah, it might have been a good idea. No, I, I think what he was trying to drive out there was that he doesn't have the answers, and in time, Clark would grow to know the answer for himself. Um, but it wasn't his place to tell him whether he should or shouldn't have done it. So that's why he said maybe. And but if you look at the way he that he says it, against having Clark. Oh no, he was against he was against Clark revealing his powers. Obviously, yes, because he didn't want his son. He didn't want to lose his son to the government, who would lock him up in a a room somewhere in Area Fifty Two and study him. You know, much like the New Fifty Two seems to. He would kind of rather have he like enough that he would consider a bus full of children dying, except his son, not that big of a deal as long as his son wasn't... Well, it's his... Yeah, it's his son. He's being greedy at the, that the, point. The, yeah, the point is, it's not a, it's not a good... You know, it's an, it's definitely like he's, he, he very... I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying he very mm, much mm. doesn't want him doing anything, even to the point of letting himself die or let others die. Mm. He would rather that happen than... Yeah, well, in the case of him, you know, in the tornado, it was his choice. It was down to him. Do I live? Do I die? Do I sacrifice myself in order Even to protect then, my son? Even then, it's dumb that you, like, you know, I, I, you don't necessarily know that Clark's about to do any, like, you know you are sentencing yourself to die. Yeah. But if you send Clark, you know that, well, Clark is going to be able to take care of any problems he runs into saving the dog. And on top of that, he can probably get back here fast enough that... Not even that it, he's more athletic. He's more just in general as a person. Mm. He would he would be better suited for that. Kevin Costner pretty much decided he was done living when he went back for that dog. No, I don't and, agree. And go. No, I don't agree with the idea that was he was bad, committing suicide. It was, it was a like. bad. It didn't, the decision itself didn't make any sense. He shouldn't because it's not like oh he's gonna go get the dog and fly out and all these people are gonna know he's Superman. Mm. He could have done it very subtly. He could have yeah. been back. He would have been safe. But then, by the same token, when Kevin Costner, but and then when he says, "Don't come, don't come, save me," that's much more of a that that's much more saying, "Hey, I uh, I don't want you to do something that's going to make it obvious." Mm. But when he decides to go get the dog, that's just dumb. Like that's no, it, it was contrived, yeah. But I don't think it was dumb because if you remember. He would have had plenty of time to get... He, he Well, yeah, but in the heat of the moment, people do make dumb decisions. That's what human beings are about. We make stupid choices. Um, but if you actually remember, um, the, the only reason that he wasn't able to get the dog and then get back to safety in time was because a car flipped up on the roof of his and trapped his foot in the door. On the surface of it, looking at how far away the tornado was in relation to just going and getting the dog uh, and the fact that he had two working feet at that point, he would have been perfectly within his rights to say, "No, I can do this. It's perfectly fine. I can, I can do this safely." Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that this was a case of him just being like, "Oh no, I'm going to die, but I'll do it anyway." It, it, it wasn't like that at all. I think that circumstances turned, and then it was a case of, "Oh right, I'm in trouble now, and now I need to make the decision of whether I let." my son expose himself. Well, no, I, I agree with you on that. I'm mm. just saying that it was, 
it was a bad move from the from the get go for him to decide as a character that he yeah, should run. No, of he course it run was. After that dog. Of course it was. But and, as and a parent, because he decides to not let Clark go, and it's like yeah. But as a parent, you never put your children in peril, even if you. But know he's that, a fucking alien. Yeah, who even can, if who'd you lift know, a bus. Even, even if you know that he is he's superhuman, gonna be fine. Yeah, but you still you're there mortal. Is something... You're gonna lose your time with your son because you're not letting him do something that we know he can do. Yeah, but it's... you know that he's capable of surviving this. It's not a question of oh, is he going to be in danger? Am I putting my son in danger? No, you're putting yourself in danger, and you're taking him. You're you're taking yourself out of his life. It's a necessary storyline point that they need to get across at some point, and it manages to make the point well enough. But it's not as well done as the heart attack. That's all I can really say about it. I don't have any problem with it per se, but I think it. It didn't need changing. I think Jonathan Kent can die of a heart attack in this movie, and people aren't going to be like, "Oh, what a cop out!" They use the same idea. Yeah, I, don't think I would it's have a preferred. I definitely much would have much preferred a heart attack than yeah. the tornado. It was such also such an over top moment, <laughs> and like, like I was watching this <laughs> with my friend uh, Ethan, and and he was like, "I can't. There's no way that he would just be standing there without tornadoes slowly envelops him. <laughs> like, it's a tor- you're standing three feet from a tornado. You're gonna be." You're you're already probably in a bad place. Like you're probably mm-hmm. not just standing there looking at your son. Like it's a tornado. Like it's just such an over the top thing to happen. Yeah, but this it is, was so unnecessary. This is and, Zack Snyder to a T. He he's all about that visual moment. He might not be the best director from a storytelling point of view, but when you've got a set piece, he really knows how to put it together with as much visual impact as he can get out of it. And that's why he was the right choice for Watchmen, and I stand by that decision. Well, he should I have done Watchmen. I, I did like Watchmen, yeah. I, and I think he did a fine job with Watchmen. It was a faithful adaption. It was um, It was as faithful as it could be, given the yeah. time constraints, yeah. Um, I still would have but, liked a giant octopus alien, but, you know, there you go. I, see, that's another place where we disagree, because I don't <laughs> think that would have worked in a live no, action I, movie I, I think, I think it would have but the problem was you would have to also be able to factor in the whole um, pirate story alongside and, yeah, and that, that can that's be a the problem thing. Like, I don't think it would have worked and then also you no, have no. and that's why they made the, the best choice that they did yeah. with and the think, and they made, an odd, they, they made an odd to it and they made it work and I, I actually thought that oh, was yeah, a yeah they, they still had the comic book stall guy with the yeah I, they, they still had nodded to it yeah, yeah they, but they, I, nodded, they nodded to just about everything they gave you the little the, the, the missile had squid initials on it as well yeah it's um, you know, I I don't have any problem with Snyder as a director for most of his projects, and I I just think you know w- when you look at what he's done with Man of Steel, it's actually he he's done a a really top, not a top job, but he's he's done a very good job with it. You know, it's a visually arresting movie. It's very good looking, and I don't think that it has any major missteps per se. But now, how, but but then now we have these two new movies that are coming after this mm-hmm. that are essentially going to look and sound and feel exactly the same because the same people are making them and why is that well, a bad thing though because i don't because i didn't because i didn't like how it sounded <laughs> yeah but there were plenty of people out there that didn't look at the internet before they made up i'm not saying that you were influenced by well, the no, internet no, no. here tyler i'm, I'm, I'm not saying that at all what, what happened with me and it wasn't it, it wasn't like i because it was like in the parking lot on the way out of the movie when i first watched it mm. man of steel i was like i was like well this actually this this scene with zahad is fun when he's just when they're just punching each other and stuff but 
Um, and I like the beginning of this movie, but the more and more I think about it, the more I dislike the the actions the character made, his, the way he was acting, the, the decisions he was making, a mm. lot of the, the things that were just happening in general I didn't like. And um, the problem the problem I have with this is that when – with Marvel's films, not only did they do these standalone movies, but they also had these very capable writer and directors with different styles. But, yeah, yeah. Um, well, for the most part, the writers were pretty – have contained – have been – consistent they're different teams but they're generally the same teams working on the same movies um and then you have you have someone like joss whedon who is very good at writing dialogue Mm. shane black who's very good at writing dialogue like when they do get somebody else they bring in somebody who's very good at writing and then you get like a thor by kenneth branagh a thor by the game of thrones people you get a shane black iron man you get a john favreau iron man you get um you you get um a Russo brothers, Captain America. And it gives these movies their own identity, like their own individual feel while still being a part of a universe that actually feels bigger. Mm. What I'm afraid is going to, it's going to feel like we we have these contrived reasons for bringing all of these characters together uh, in a movie where what worked about Marvel's different approach was that it gave you time to, feel out the world that they were trying to build. Whereas right now we're jumping into a film that has Superman and Batman and mm. Wonder Woman and Cyborg in it. And right now it's, we, you could go without an origin for Batman. Yeah. We know he's been around and everybody knows the story of Batman, but you're, you're trying to, to, to not just introduce these characters, but establish them in a more, in a bigger role for a future film, but this, this is exactly. I don't know if they, if the, if the writer they have writing this is capable of doing that. The exact reason why they need to do it like this is basically because Green Lantern was a big pile of dog shit, mm-hmm. and they tried to go the route of here is a hero, here's how he starts up, um, that's him, and now here's the next one, and um, it backfired badly on them and so what they've done is they've gone back to the drawing board and they've just said you know what let's take our most bankable commodities Superman and Batman and let's use them as a way of introducing people to characters that they might well be familiar with like Wonder Woman but I would challenge most people who aren't comic book readers who know who Wonder Woman is to be able to tell me exactly what her origin is, because it's a bit obscure. It it, it is honestly like considering yeah. she is one of the three pillars of. She's often considered. You know, they talk about the trilogy, and that trilogy is Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. She is the weakest in terms of backstory, not because it's a bad backstory, but because nobody knows it. Um, and so the reason that you introduce characters like Cyborg, like Wonder Woman. Um, and like you know god knows who else they're going to bring into this movie is because you want to bring them in you want people to see them to get to know the character without having to get into the whole backstory because nobody's going to go and watch a a wonder woman origin movie because nobody really bothered with the green lantern origin movie and it's not because that was because word of mouth word of mouth sunk that movie and partly but i also think that green lantern just isn't a big enough name by itself 
Um, but if you introduce it in a movie where you've already gone to watch it because Batman and Superman are in it, then maybe you see enough of that character with that actor playing that role that you think to yourself, do you know what, I want to know more about that character. And then after that, you can do an origin for those characters if you want, or you can just do their own movies uh, one way or the other. I, I think that this is a smart way of using what they have and getting people interested in characters that they might not otherwise be interested in. I mean, to be honest, I would like them to say, do you know what, the Arrow uh, TV series, that is part of this universe. But I know um, for a fact it's not going to be. I believe that's the plan, is that both Arrow and Flash are um, going to, would, would join in the Justice League movie. I, I, can, tell, still I can tell you right now that they're not going to have them in there. Unfortunately, okay. I, I, I heard that that was the plan. Maybe I'm wrong. I because I haven't I haven't been paying attention to. to I, I really wish it, either one of those. Yeah, no, I I really honestly wish that they were because it's such an amazing backstory and they've already introduced so many characters. But it's just no. I I can't remember who it was, but there was somebody uh, involved in Warner or DC that said that the Arrow universe and by association the Flash universe are going to be um, standalone. So if there is going to be a Green Arrow, unfortunately, they're going to have to get yet another actor to fill the role, which, which is a I, shame. I'm not a fan of that happening. No. Just simply, simply because not only do people really like these, but it's it's the kind of thing where you, you there's something nice about not having to always have these different characters. And you can just... Hmm. The, the nice thing about the Marvel Universe is that everybody is the same. And when you yeah. watch the TV show, you feel like it, it's building to something. And Well, the, the Netflix deal that Marvel did uh, mm-hmm. for Daredevil and Iron Fist and a couple of other characters, and eventually it will come together in a, uh, in a, in a team-up uh, series that they're going to also have on Netflix. Um, that's really smart because it's tied in the same as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is tied in. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got a massive boost in ratings thanks to the whole Captain America thing. Yeah, plus they... Well, and, and the interesting thing about that... Have, have you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all? I have. I haven't watched it since the mid-season break over here. Um, but I know what's going on and I've read enough to know who is doing what. And yeah, <laughs> the, end of the, the end of the series, or, or season so far... It it benefited from uh, the Captain America film because it actually it actually gave them a shot in the leg and mm. it it gave them this new lease on life and the story completely turned around and actually felt like it mattered and mm-hmm. um and credit to them they knew from the get go when they were first doing this Shield TV show they knew where it was going well that and then that that just builds my case that. Uh, TV dramas need to stop having tw- like seasons that are more than like fifteen episodes. I yeah I I can see I I think some of my favorite series at the moment are the likes of Game of Thrones and uh, Hannibal, and both yeah. of those I think are short. All of seasons, these. So. What's what the trend that you're seeing right now is that that generally shows that are really well respected are actually movies that are or, or actually well, yeah series that are shorter true detective and, was what eight episodes i think yeah true detective and it's great and because yeah. it because it, it, it saves money you can get better actors um it costs less because you have less episodes to write and produce and make um the writers are less creatively bankrupt because they don't have to fill so much time the biggest problem with, with um agents of shield is that you could have had agents of shield if you dropped it to 15 episodes and um, they could have cut a lot of fat off of that series. Yeah, you you built you built to the show, 
the, the show's twist and then you hit the twist and then you keep going. And when you, because you don't have, uh, because you had such a long production schedule, the show really got tired and you thinned mm. out its budget. Mm. If you give the same budget to a shorter order of series, ABC, listen, I know, I, look, I know everyone at ABC is listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you take Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season two and you make a shorter episode order, it's going to look better and it's going to be creatively better and people are going to like it. And then maybe you could use that extra money to get some of those Avengers on TV where I think would really help with the ratings because I, that's what people kind of want to see, even though personally I'm, I was fine with only seeing um, Maria Hill and Nick Fury show up every once in a while. Hmm. I know, I know someone like, I, like Paul wants to see more, more of the Avengers. Do you know I what? Certainly I don't blame him. No, no. I mean, I, I would be a big fan of that and I would hope that maybe they write into their contracts or have written into their contracts that they're kind of, obligated to make the odd appearance here or there but something that I'm really hoping and I think there's a very good chance that it could happen um, what's her name uh, Colby Smulders is it Colby Smulders yeah, yeah. Um, she's only just finished on How I Met Your Mother and she's not averse I would think to staying in TV I think there's a lot of actors now that actually prefer TV over movies anyway I well I definitely think the idea is that sh- that they're probably going to have her I would love Stay her to be show. a regular. Yeah, I would love her to be even just a semi-regular, just like every other episode or so. That would uh-huh. be so good because I love her as Maria Hill, um, and she was brilliant in Captain America too as well. Like she yeah. just kind she's of she's definitely going to be in the Avengers too. Oh man, she she's like a um, she's like a non-Russian black widow with slightly less kind of martial arts training but so so a woman (laughs) she is so good with it she basically she has breasts and she knows how to use a gun and i'm a big fan of that combination and i want to see more and agent 13 as well i'd like to see more agent 13 oh yes the more agent thing we're definitely getting more agent carter because she's actually got her show picked up on yeah so those are going to be agents of shield i think is going to start out in the fall and then when it comes back in mid-season, you're going to have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter running at the same time. I do wonder if maybe um, Peggy Carter is going to be kind of like, maybe it will make little nods to what's going on inside of S.H.I.E.L.D., like the the, the yeah. seeds that well, were planted. And, and it's interesting, too, because if you follow... Uh, uh, this is, a, I guess, uh, I guess this is a spoiler for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how the first season ends. They're They're planning on... Uh, bringing back Shield, they and, have and to now, at some yeah. point. They have to. And Agent really. Coulson's going to start trying to rebuild Shield, and so while they're rebuilding Shield, you're actually going to watch Agent Carter create Shield. So that's going to be oh, awesome! So kind they can of draw a fun parallels. Series happening. So. Yeah, they can almost draw parallels episode to episode. That would yeah. be awesome. I like that idea a lot. Also, I um, want to see Coulson in a more kind of like uh, advanced role. So yeah, so yeah, it definitely interesting going forward with Marvel, but back to the Man of Steel thing. Yeah, we ended and, up and giving Marvel a blowjob. I because I, it's, I don't have a... I'm, I'm one of the few people, uh, when it comes to this film, my complaints don't come from casting. I, I like... No, I like the, the entire cast. Even Jesse Eisenberg, which was the first time... Like, a lot of people had this moment with, with uh, Ben Affleck, which it was like, 
Ben Affleck as Batman? Like, what are they thinking? I didn't have that. I went, actually, I, I could see that happening. Mm, yeah. I did have that with Jesse Eisenberg at first because I was like, <laughs> that is a weird choice. That and but, but then when you think about it, if you see him in the social network, I yep. totally see where they're going with it. Yep. The question is, is there going to be a substance to it? And I will eat my words of Man of Steel too. like because that's and that's my point. I I usually say this about a lot of the things I'm very passionate about. I will I will. I, it's not like I'm going to watch Man of Steel two and decidedly hate it. Mm, and if it's mm. a good movie, I will say, hey, that was a good movie. I really liked it. I'm not one of those people who who sticks to my opinion. If it if I'm wrong, <laughs> but right now it doesn't seem to me all of the pieces lining up, except for casting. Mm. I, I, I'm. I don't necessarily – I'm afraid of what they're going to produce. Mm. But I'm also – but but I'm also detached enough with it that if it's terrible, I'm not going to – I'm not going to be upset by it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I'm st- – and I'm probably going to see it. Right now, Captain America 3 and Man of Steel 2 are re- being released on the same exact day. And I, I haven't seen Avengers 2 yet, but right now I'm saying for sure there's no way I'm buying a ticket to Man of Steel 2 – over Captain America three, if I have to choose on which one I'm seeing that day, <laughs> that that's why there are seven days in the week. You can watch one on one day and then the other the next. It's not a problem, right? But it is um, going to be, but but it's in there on on paper. Like, this is an interesting situation. Mm. Not that it's really going to be a bad move for either one of them. Mm, mm. Like they don't really need. Uh, it's just a crowded night, and it's going to be interesting to see what people decide to go see when they go to the go on that Thursday night yeah. to see one of them. Which one are they going to pick? I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that you know, th- with the release date being over two years away or around two years away, uh, one of them will eventually move. And this well, this that's is just what, a case of whoever blinks first. That that would make sense, but right now, basically DC and Marvel are in this game of chicken, and they're heading towards each other. And you're it, it, sure it's like, well, there's two years; they're so far away. Eventually, maybe one of them will move out of the way. But they both commented on it, and both said neither one of them are giving up that spot. Hmm. So things, I guess, maybe if they one of them decides in the future that they'll change that. But right now, they have both said that, that neither one of them even is considering moving. Yeah, I mean, there so, are ways of or, getting around that. You can invent a delay in production, which can put release back by a few weeks, right. or you know. I, and I, that was the first first news I think of Man of Steel two that I felt comfortable with was when they did decide to push it back. Because they have to get right it now, right. Man, yeah. and, and what's interesting is they already are working on this movie. They're already filming it, and it's, they are. Yeah. A whole year, well, like we have a while before this movie comes out. If it's mm. coming out in 2016, right now they're filming the Avengers two for next year, and um, well, I believe Superman, um, like Man of Steel, I, I believe that had a, a similar filming uh, structure. I, I remember seeing that first image of Henry Cavill with his hand on the safe door, um, probably about two years before the release date. So. It's a similar kind of structure, and it's just the way that DC and um, Warner do their business is that they tend to take a bit longer in the shooting and editing process, obviously. Marvel have got it down to such a fine art with this production line that they're able to just shoot, print, release. Um, And, you know, maybe Warner are just trying to still find their feet on that a little bit. I'm sure there are still a lot of pieces that are being moved around. I guess what what it seems to me is 
um, it feels to me, and this is <laughs> this is similar to the argument uh, a lot of us, I don't know who's listening to us, but a lot of us <laughs> uh, were having a conversation on Facebook um, last night about um, a decision that um, Microsoft had made about the Xbox One and whether or not it was a panic move or not. Oh, getting rid of uh, the Connect camera bundle. Yeah, m- yeah. removing the Connect from it. Uh, Scat said it was a panic move. Me and Paul basically agreed that it wasn't necessarily a panic move and that it probably was more. It made it makes sense, and it does make it was sense. Something they should have done from the beginning, but yeah. they waited. Not everyone is going to want to use a uh, Connect with their right with, they, with their it, console. It makes it more accessible for people who maybe were not yeah. considering buying it. Now it's cheaper, and now it doesn't have a Connect, and yeah. maybe they didn't want it. And I mean, the fact. Now, it's it's a bit good business move. Yeah, but, but the fact but that at Scott first said they... that because they're backing down, he doesn't think that's a good move. No, I I so think that's... that the fact that at first they said that you had to have it connected at all times to allow the Xbox to work, and then they obviously climbed down on that. Now they're saying that they're going to release a bundle that doesn't have the Connect camera attached. I think it is a climb down from the point of view that originally they were going to ship one with every unit, but now that they've come to the decision that actually it doesn't have to be attached then you know why not make a cheaper bundle it yeah. makes perfect sense I, I don't think it's a panic move um, right. but I do think it's a sign that they realise that they need to work on the pricing and that's the easiest way to get it down yeah it, so but relating that back to DC hmm. I don't necessarily we, we can't know for sure if this is a panic move or not by DC I think it's uh, a but sign but it certainly felt changing. like they 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 sat back and um, I know that they had decided to back Man of Steel. Uh, the, the, this horse that is Man of Steel was Zack Snyder and David Ayer after the movie released and made a decent amount of money. But they essentially, I feel like a lot of them were looking at Marvel and saying that they didn't think the Avengers movie is going to work. And after a certain point, they should have assumed it was going to work mm-hmm. instead of waiting for that movie to come out if they wanted to get a head start on it. They didn't, which is fine. But now... I feel like they're trying to make up a lot of distance in a short amount of time, whereas what they could be doing yeah. is slow, slowly trying to build this instead of rushing it. Well, it depends. And it's not necessarily that they need to do movie after movie of movie of just one of them. I mean, DC could easily keep releasing Man of Steel movies, call them, maybe call them different things, um, and have – you know, Batman and Superman alone in this movie and then do another one where maybe they introduce Wonder Woman and they're slowly building this team and then, boom, Justice League. They're all together now. We have the Justice League. They've created the Justice Mm -hmm. League. Mm -hmm. And it's a different approach than what Marvel did, but the point is that Marvel took time to build their universe, whereas DC is only releasing one movie every, like, couple of years trying to get you to want to see this Justice League movie and it doesn't feel like what made, what set Marvel apart was that it wasn't a storytelling thing. It was they were creating movie stars and imagery, iconic imagery out of these characters by giving them their own standalone films. And then when you made a movie where you had all these people who weren't even stars when they started, you mm. know, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't really a celebrity anymore. And when they cast him as Iron Man, but he was huge after Iron Man came out. Uh, nobody really knew a lot about Chris Evans. Chris Hemsworth was a nobody. Um, and you bring in Mark Ruffalo for the Avengers, but you had these people that weren't really famous mm. given an iconic role. 
given their own film and it made each one of those characters feel important and those actors feel important. And when you make a movie that puts them all on the screen together, it felt like an event. Hmm. Whereas third movie into this, we're going to have all these people together and we already have four or five of them in this next movie together. And this is the first time we're seeing them. I'm saying that audiences probably aren't going to react the same way they did to the Avengers. No, but you can't react the same way to something that's structured differently. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, they are trying to catch up to an extent by having the Justice League thing happen a lot sooner. But that's not to say that that wasn't the idea to begin with. Like I said at, at the beginning when we were talking, um, the perceived wisdom before Marvel started was that you should start with the team movie and then branch off onto the individual movies before bringing it back together for another team. Um, and then Marvel did it the way they did it and proved that they could do it their way and it would be just as, as successful, if not more successful. Having said that, what I said about how you can introduce smaller, less uh, interesting characters by way of connecting them to your main stars, I think that still has a lot of merit. And we don't know who is directing this third movie. I've got it's this suspicion... No, well, I, I've got this suspicion that Affleck signed on to be Batman for more than just the acting. I, I think and he's gonna I think get behind right on the that. camera. I do know that he that he, one of his co-writers from Argo doctored the script a little bit, mm. but they announced that they they already said that Zack Snyder's directing the Justice League movie, and they okay. never. Oh, that's cool. They never hinted at Ben Affleck taking but over. But further down the line, I, I, I think I, that quite Affleck honestly, is getting behind I, I would behind love, that I'd camera. be very much interested in seeing a Ben Affleck written and directed Justice League movie mm. because I've liked his movies that he's made mm. <laughs> enough mm. that I could I – w- I think I would like to see that. Because again, even if Batman's not the most compelling character in it because of his acting like most of the other Affleck movies um, – there's always good performances in them and they're always entertaining. And – that's at the end of the day. That's what we all want to see. Yeah, I, there's always an overreaction where it comes to Batman being cast. Um, there's very few occasions where people have just been like, eh, "Let's just wait and see." You remember Michael Keaton gets cast as Batman, and everyone's like, um, "Okay, uh, that dude that did Beetlejuice last year, fine," and <laughs> nobody thought he was going to be able to do it. And then, well. <sighs> Look what happened. He he actually was probably the most iconic Batman up until, uh, and maybe including Christian Bale. Um, I I don't think you need to be able to act too well to be able to be a good Batman as long as you've got the right chin. Um, the acting comes. <laughs> the when... chin does most of your acting for it you. It does. Um, you could put almost anyone in the bat suit and they would be a decent Batman just because of the fact that. You don't have to be physically imposing because the suit does the work for you. You don't have to be able to act particularly because all you're going to do is put on a gruff voice and deliver your lines. And you could just say, oh, that was my choice to act wooden because that's how I feel Batman would act around people that knew him as Bruce Wayne. The trick comes where you're actually playing Bruce Wayne. And this is where I think he's got it down because Ben Affleck can be an affable motherfucker when he wants to be, but he can also be a complete arsehole. And Bruce Wayne, when he needs to be, it plays it up. It plays himself up to be like the drunken playboy asshole that nobody likes or wants to be around, and that's perfect casting. You have to cast the guy who can play Bruce Wayne, and then Batman follows. I'm not saying that Batman isn't an important part of a Batman movie because it's a fucking Batman movie, not a Bruce Wayne movie. But yes. the actual acting and part of it, I feel, that... is more Bruce Wayne. 
I, I think that's something, especially with people calling it Batman versus Superman, that, that not a lot of people are realizing that this this isn't a or at least it shouldn't be mm. a Batman movie. Necessarily. It's a super, it should be a Superman movie with Batman interjecting at some point. Um, also, and, there, it, there's he, this... and, and, and this is I feel like like what you, if I were making this movie. Mm hmm. If if and you gave me Man of Steel two and said or Man of Steel and said now make a sequel and you and you have to bring in Batman, um I would say okay I would bring in Lex Luthor too to be the villain and I would say, um, look at the fucking destruction yep. that Superman caused in this movie. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if he was trying to help or not, he fucking destroyed. A lot of Metropolis like, probably yeah. killed a lot of people, whether directly or indirectly. He caused a lot of damage. This is something I need to go back to at some point. But carry on with your your yeah. Thought. Well, basically, when 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 they've already destroyed most of the city of Metropolis, but once he and Zod start fighting, they are fighting in well populated areas, and they are making a lot of damage. Hmm. And it's impossible to just be like, I'm sure everybody's fine. Yeah. It's again, it's impossible because there's so much debris and explosions that they're causing that if people are where you are, you're hitting them. There's no Mm -hmm. way they're avoiding that. No, but what, what, what my, what I would do is say, and it doesn't help the way the last movie ended, but I would say you need to have this issue eating at Superman he knows that he screwed up. He doesn't know how to be Superman yet because he just became Superman. So yeah. you start to build that idea of him saying, I need to protect people at all costs. If I'm going to fight people, I need to fight them away from where people are, yeah. just like he you know, deals in the comics. And then at the same time, you have Lex Luthor saying, Superman is bad. He's going to kill people. He's too powerful. It's yeah. only a matter of time until he turns on off. We need to stop him and fight him. Yeah. And he can announce his plans of partnering with Bruce Wayne, another millionaire, and they are coming up with these Superman contention plans. And Bruce Wayne may or may not believe what Lex Luthor wants to do, but he's backing him and using his presence so that he can get closer to to finding who this Superman guy is Mm -hmm. so he can deal with him. Yeah, yeah, I... I think that and that's you're what very I would like close. to see, but I don't know what they're doing. No, I would, I, I would think that you're probably quite close. You're certainly cl- very close to how I would like it to go down. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne would necessarily be partnered up in terms of kind of like you know rebuilding the city because I, I think that Lex Luthor is the kind of guy that would be like, no, I'm doing this myself. Fuck off, Wayne. Um, there's a story, and I can't remember who wrote it now. It's in one of my collections upstairs. But there's a story of um, one of the many times that Batman meets Superman for the first time. As it, you know, everyone wants to have a crack at the first time they meet. So there are many stories out there where they kind of cross paths for the first time. This particular one uh, involves um, Batman is trying to track down a cat burglar called the canary um and she's a very kind of like late 70s early 80s punk rock looking kind of chick um stealing uh valuables from different jewelers up and down uh gotham superman turns up and he's like you're a vigilante you're no good um you know i i, I don't trust you and uh, Batman forces him to work with him by telling him that he has planted a bomb on an innocent person within the city and that if Superman comes within a certain number of feet of him, 
it will trigger a sensor which he has on his person and it will actually uh, explode this uh, this explosive that um, he has concealed on an innocent person and so they work together to find the canary and they end up finding her and arrest you know getting her arrested and, and all is well and then they're about to part ways and then superman says aren't you forgetting something what about that innocent person with the explosive on them and batman just takes this thing out of his utility belt and throws it to superman and says there you go and superman says wait this is the explosive and batman says well you didn't expect me to endanger an innocent life did you and I feel like that is such a strong story that they could adapt and use somehow in this film because it sums up perfectly what Batman is all about because he was telling the truth. He was he did plant a bomb on an innocent person, but he would never risk anyone else's life. So he made sure it was him that had the bomb on him. And at the same time, he teaches Superman something because he, he you know he's basically saying, look, you can't risk a single life. And sometimes you have to put your own life on the line to do what's right. And, you know, they could link that into it. That would be perfect. But, you know, it's just such a great way to introduce one character to another, especially when they're not sure about each other. Because it was so obvious throughout that story that Batman was feeling out Superman and Superman was feeling out Batman. But they're both working towards a common goal. And that common goal could be Lex Luthor is up to something. We're not sure what, but he's up to something. Or maybe he's not up to something. Maybe in this movie he literally is just trying to rebuild Metropolis and they're sowing seeds for later down the line. But then you've got to ask, right, who is the bad guy that's going to turn up? I would I would love to even see just like the difference of... Uh, because I, I like the idea of Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor teaming up and, as, mm. and because Batman doesn't believe necessarily like Lex Luthor, but Bruce Wayne is. So I would love to see Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor, and they're with each other, and they're waving at a press conference oh, or whatever. Maybe and then Batman shows up Superman's like, I don't, I don't trust Lex Luthor. Yes, yes. I don't, or what, I don't like what Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne are doing. <laughs> yeah, no, because they, they wouldn't share identities, would they, straight away? So they, oh, man. It makes him seem like a different person, And, and sure. then Superman could just say... Um, Batman would be like, oh, don't try looking through my cowl either. I've got it lead-lined or something. Like, you know, something really intelligent. Like, you know, I'm a fucking Dark Knight detective, bitch. Like, you can't outsmart me. <laughs> I'm the goddamn Batman. I, I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, um, I'm interested to see where they take the story. And I hope that it's a much more cerebral movie than the first one was. It does need action, but I don't know if you're ever going to take it to the extremes that the first movie did because unless you bring Doomsday in, how are you going to find a being that is as powerful as Superman and can take him to his limits? You just can't do it. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where it's not that I'm against the idea of a Justice League movie or I'm against the idea of of it's not that I'm against this movie happening. Mm. I'm just nervous about the people behind it. And I'm nervous because <laughs> excluding again, and this goes back to why I think the Marvel, the Marvel movies worked. Mm. And it's because they had people behind it that, that were good at things. Yeah. And they, the one time that DC comics recently got something right was when they made the, the when they gave Christopher Nolan full creative control over Batman mm. and he did a good job with it. And the problem I'm nervous with is that I don't think David Escoyer and Zack Snyder are the two people I would want to hang, hang the Justice League over to. Mm. I want to see I want to see you looking for people. Yeah, you know, I heard a rumor that um 
Do you know who Duncan Jonas is? No, I don't know. Okay. Um, Duncan Jones is actually the son of David Bowie. Oh, Moon. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do know he who made, he is. Sorry. He made Moon and Source Code. And yeah, oh, I love that movie. I heard a rumor that he almost made Men of Steel. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that you see what's so, so that reaction right there? That's the kind of thing. Like, I think I would want to see other people working on this film yeah. because I think other people would bring something to it that these mm. individual gentlemen aren't necessarily going to bring to it. And, yeah. not that I, yeah. and not that I think it's impossible for them. I think it's such a slim chance but then that maybe they're going they're just, to be able to do something. Maybe they are just laying groundwork. Maybe these free movies are just to establish the place and, and everyone in it and then, you know, they could branch off and they could get Duncan Jones to do a movie and they could get Ben Affleck to do a movie and, you know, they could get a load of different filmmakers in to make these movies. And don't forget that, you know, you're talking about how Nolan, uh, you know, took creative control of Batman and did such a great job. He is still, as far as I'm aware, overseeing the project. Um, so he does have an input into it. Uh, he's grandfathering the entire thing. Like they, as soon as he was done with the trilogy, they were just like, "Right, do you want to jump onto this uh, this Man of Steel thing?" And he said, "Ah, yeah, go on then. Why not? I'm not doing anything else." So he's involved. He might not be hands on every day, but he's definitely guiding it. And even if it's just from a broad brushstrokes point of view, even if he's just saying, "Look, this is where the film needs to end up, and this is where it needs to start next time, and this is where it needs to go then." That's not a bad thing because he has a great mind for um, just the overarching storyline that something needs to take. I would have liked it if um, he was never in the running for it, but uh, after he passed on X Men: uh, Days of Future Past, I would have loved to see Ma- like someone like Matthew Vaughn take mm. over a Justice League series. Mm. There, there's just these there's these there's some people out there there's some very good writers directors that I think I would love to see tackle a movie like this and I I don't necessarily think it's them mm. I don't think they're the worst again there's enough of Man of Steel it's not the entire run of Man of the, the entire runtime of Man of Steel I don't like it's maybe thirty minutes mm. of Man of Steel I don't like but it it's there there's such bad this it's things like the end of the movie. That was such yeah, a bad yeah, yeah. decision and mm. choice that mm. it just makes me very nervous about them tr- kind of rushing to get these things done. And yeah. I, I would love to see Ben Affleck get more creative control. I would love for Nolan to get more creative control. And I, I wish Nolan was more – because and then that's the other thing is uh, as far as I'm aware, DC and WB don't really have someone like uh, Kevin Feige who is mm. actually yeah. – the person in charge of making sure everything works across the board. Well, I, I think that's what Nolan is kind of trying to... I, I, I think that's the role that they're looking for Nolan to, to play. But he's not... As far as I know, he's not in it. He's certainly not involved enough in these things to... He's producing, but he's not really getting it. And then, what, like, you have this, like, Dune producing Man of Steel 2 hmm. also. And it's... You're wondering how many how many hands... Are, are in this well it can pie. make for a, a, a slightly different approach and maybe that's a good thing you know because if you actually look at the film purely from a direction point of view because at the end of the day Snyder you know he's the director but he's not necessarily going to have complete control over 
certain aspects of the story. That that's going to be more down to Goya. And I know Goya and and Snyder work hand in hand on this, but if Goya decides that he's going to kill Jonathan Kent in a, a typhoon or you know a, 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 some kind of freak weather uh, accident, then that's what is going to happen. And Snyder's just got to direct it the best he can. If you look at it just purely from a directing point of view, I think that they needed to give the uh, the end of the movie more breathing time. Uh, but other than that, I actually didn't have a problem with any of the decisions that they made. Um, the The killing of Zod, I thought, was perfectly justified. And it's not like Superman hasn't killed someone before. He has. It was actually Zod. And he regretted it for the rest of his life. And it made a real right. change in the way that he did things. And also, if he doesn't kill Zod, Zod kills two people. And that's the point at which I feel like they, um, they were fighting. And this is, this is a point that I think... This is another thing about that movie I think everybody got wrong. Right. And... We may be on the same wavelength here. You, you go ahead and say what he, you're going to say. Zod killed those people, right? We... No. Those people died. No, no. Those people those people survived because Superman broke his neck in time, I believe. Um, There's no, no proof one way because or the other. They're not they're ne- they're never seen again. Yeah, because they and ran away. That would explain <laughs> why that would explain why why Superman actually did break his neck mm. because he because he was trying to stop Zod. He couldn't stop Zod. Zod killed those people and Superman snapped his neck. Okay. Well, I mean, regardless, you don't of... see them again. You yeah. do not see them again. And that, and and if you're going to say he kills somebody, it's that's not an arbitrary reason. If you watch him murder those people in your face, and you're trying and you can't stop him, you need to do something. Mm. That that I could see pushing him over the edge and yeah. a split decision doing it. Yeah. Um, arbitrarily it doing it doesn't make any sense and we don't see those people again and again i think that's bad filmmaking it was like i saw what they were trying to do but it but the audience didn't get it no, and I, I don't think, I think it makes sense for him to have just arbitrarily decided to do that no i i, if I think watched that... it, if you watch it with that in mind it makes much more sense than what happens that that does because make you more don't, sense th- they never show those people being alive yeah no that does make sense but also i would say it works either way and i'll tell you why um you know, you were saying earlier, and I did say I would get back round to this, and and I am finally getting back round to it. Um, they have this massive fight throughout Metropolis, and they throw each other through buildings, and there's so much collateral damage. There must be thousands of people that lose their lives as a result of this fight. Having said that, it's not Superman's choice to have this fight here. Zod is already fighting him there. It, it's not something he can help. But at the point that Zod is trying to or maybe he does because i i think it works either way and personally i think they i like to think that they got away um when he's trying to use his heat vision to kill those people i think it's the point that superman finally realizes what's happened and what he's responsible for and what zod is responsible for and seeing people in peril in front of his eyes and actually seeing the damage that's, that could be caused or is being caused, again, regardless of whether they're killed or, or just about to be killed, he suddenly realises there's no way that he can stop Zod except for finally stopping him by breaking his neck. And also I think this is a moment where he, as a, a character and as a person, faces up to his responsibility, but also what he's done and what he can do better and how he can improve himself. And this is a movie that you you said it earlier and I've said it many times beforehand. Um, 
This is a film about Superman learning to be Superman. And we're not entirely sure if he's completely learned how to be Superman yet. But he takes great strides in this movie in learning that. And I feel that he needed to go through something like that in order to really bring home just also, you know, the fact that he he never wants to kill. And as a result of what happened, he never he will never kill again. I'm I'm fairly certain of that. I don't think he'll ever kill another being until maybe they bring Doomsday in, if they ever bring Doomsday in. Um, it's definitely something that I would I I hope. And again, it's it's the big problem with the end of the movie. They drop it so quickly that it's, I wish, yeah, you I don't wish they feel hadn't. like there's there's this resonance that's happening at the end of this film. You feel like they just want to jump to these comedy bits, but it's the idea that this that this affected him in a certain way, and it's going to change how he acts mm, from mm. now on. It's a good, it's an interesting idea, but it yeah. you need to see it, and we haven't seen it, so it's, it's something they can follow up. It's in frustrating. The next movie. It's a bad. It's a bad filmmaking decision yeah. that has a, that affects this it's and, frustrating and because it's you can you, you can you can see it in your mind's eye and you shouldn't have to see it in your mind's eye you should see it on the screen but because it hasn't happened you have to kind of make that logical leap yourself but it would have just been nice to see him kind of like moping around in his fortress of solitude for five minutes just looking in the mirror and looking at the suit maybe hanging up and just thinking you know can i do this should i should i be this person and then maybe you just have like a, a bridge collapsing or something at the end of the movie and he just appears out of nowhere and just saves them and he says, oh, I'm never going to let anyone die again or something like that, you know? Like something which kind of just sets his moral compass in a very firm direction and just says, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to be from now on. And they didn't do that. What they did do was they had him bring down a $2.5 million drone and say, no, 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 you can't find me. Like, I, that does nothing for me. But as a whole, I'd say that is my only real problem that I have with the movie. Um, and I know a lot of people have, have brought up the whole, oh, well, he killed. Well, who gives a shit? He's killed people in the comic books as well. You just haven't read enough. That's just how it is. Yeah, and at least he didn't <laughs> vow to not kill like again, we talked about on an episode of Generation Animation. Mm. Uh, you know, in in the Dark Knight Rises, he says, or, or Bruce says, he doesn't use guns, and then he uses guns in the movie. Yeah, during it, and yeah. it's like it doesn't matter if they're non-lethal or not. He got off on the technicality. He got off on the technicality, and you made it a point that other characters had the question on not whether or not they should use guns, and. I think he might. He, to be fair, I think he does start using guns after Catwoman uses a gun to kill Bane. But still, yeah. that's still <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> you're you're like, oh, good point. It I should have been using up, guns yeah. this yeah. whole time. <laughs> and you know, another thing that I hate about this whole thing, and, and fuck it, I, we're an hour and twenty five minutes in. We're going to go into the Dark Knight Rises now because bollocks. This is something else that pisses me off. This whole thing about um, old Batman would never retire. Please, somebody go and listen to the uh, Dark Knight Returns episode of Generation Animation and tell me whether or not Batman was retired for 10 years before he started off again. Because he fucking well was. Batman would retire for the right reasons. Leave it the fuck alone and just enjoy it. It's a movie. Buy some popcorn. Drink something sugary and terrible for you. Have a good time. Don't overanalyze everything you're watching on on TV or on the uh, silver screen. Yeah, if there's one thing I can say is that I feel like maybe comic book fans are guarded and afraid because a 
worse comic book movies, but I do feel like we are in a creative era where comic book movies are are very good and very loyal to their comics, and even if they change mm. things, they're never bad changes. No. Spoiler alert for, for Iron Man 3. Dave, you've seen <laughs> Iron Man 3, right? I have. Okay, then audience, don't listen to this next thing if you haven't. If you have, go see Iron Man 3. It's very good. Um, the Mandarin... <laughs> in its iconic sense, does not exist in the MCU, even though we're told wow. it's a villain. And I he think might. that was a fantastic twist that added a lot of really cool stuff to that series. And yeah. it let it let them go, look, we're not abandoning all the things from these comic books, but the, it's different. And we are hmm. building a universe that's different while still staying relatively because essentially the the identity of the Mandarin is Killian, Killian and not mm, mm. and not who we usually associate it with. Mr. King. And yeah. he's still just as dangerous. He's still a villain of Iron Man, but he doesn't look like he does. No. Uh, he doesn't act or sound like this. He's a different person than he was in the comics. And that was something genuinely surprising. Do you want to keep seeing movies, adaptions of comic books that you've seen completely? I think that's what's amazing about comic books is we know that we can take those stories and change them a little bit. It's yeah. fine with comic books. Mm-hmm. You can't have Harry Potter and it's like, oh, uh, Hermione dies in the fourth movie and then now it's going to be completely <laughs> different. Like People would be upset because it's a book, but – when you have comics, you actually get a little bit of leeway with changing the story. And I would personally would love – I like the idea of seeing stories that I already know kind of how they go. But here's how they're going to be different. Or here's how yeah. we're going to introduce this character. Mm. He's not the same necessarily as he is in the comics, but there's more to it than that. Yeah. And we need – if you're a fan of comic books, you need to just let it go. Just don't get so upset over the fact that your movies are going to be a little bit different from the comics, and it's generally better that way. Mm, yeah, I think Iron Man 3 benefits from the fact that I walked into that movie thinking that um, <laughs> Sir Ben Kingsley was playing the Mandarin, <laughs> and I walked out knowing that he played Trevor the drunken actor. That was and fantastic. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, no, that he was. He was probably was one of my favorite parts of that movie, and I don't know if that speaks well for it or not. But he really was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, just to pick up on something that you said, uh, I'm I've been led to believe that the Mandarin in his original Ten Rings form may actually exist in the MCU. Um, it's just that they haven't got round to showing how pissed off with Killian he is yet. Um, th- there is a possibility that Killian just kind of took on the pseudonym, but didn't kind of realise that there was actually the actual Mandarin out there that runs the Ten Rings. But uh, that's just something I've I've heard. I can't remember where I heard it. It might have been on Hideous Energy. It might have been somewhere else. I can't remember. But it's an interesting idea that the proper mandarin could still be out there and just hasn't been shown up on uh, on the MCU yet which which is yeah that's kind of cool yeah there there's i i like i i like all of them for the most part i like all the movies even if i don't like a movie i don't necessarily think it's uh i i think really the i wasn't a huge fan of, of thor 2 and i wasn't a huge fan of dark knight or or iron man 2 in the marvel universe but mm. for the most part those movies are good and they are doing surprise changes the twist in captain america which i won't spoil because that's still technically in theaters yeah um 
Actually, wait, I already fucking spoiled it. Did we, though? <laughs> By spoiling the Engine of Agent Shield. I know we talked yeah. about certain stuff, but I can't remember if we mentioned... I said what um... Coulson's doing at the end of the... Sh- I, I, I said that he's rebuilding Shield. That's... Oh, I fucking yeah, ruined I suppose, that movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll... Fuck it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Hail Hydra. It doesn't matter. We'll... <laughs> yeah, there's... It, here be spoilers. We're spoiling everything. Um, Bit late now, but fuck that's... it. <laughs> yeah, that's... That is that's what's going on now, and and it's fine. I like that it's it's different, and it it gives you a shot of energy, and changes things for the better. I don't like going to see movies and knowing what's going to happen every time. Mm. It's one of the reasons why I love the Lego Movie so much. I didn't know that, that was, was going to happen, and it's such a film. cool difference. It's so much better to don't you agree, comic book fans? That it's better to not know everything <laughs> that's going to happen. I I would agree with you. I I like the originality that it comes from, but I also I, I really think that Marvel have benefited from the fact that their most of their movies are based on like key stories from their past. Um but they do change things here or there like you mentioned like Iron Man 3. Um they change key features of the story but they retain the general story like for example you know captain america 2 the winter soldier that is based on a very very famous part of the captain america uh story where you know bucky is brought back from the dead and for a long time there was this saying that you know that there are two people that you can't bring back in the marvel universe and that is bucky barnes and i can't remember her name but she just uh oh what's her name one of uh, Spider-Man's girlfriends. Not Mary oh, Jane, Mary- the other one. Oh, uh, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy, yeah. Uh, you can't bring either of those two back. And of course, they brought Gwen Stacy back as a clone and <laughs> they ended up bringing back Bucky Barnes as the uh, the Winter Soldier. But, you know, th- that saying did kind of hang around for a while. But, I uh, no, I, I like what Marvel are doing and hopefully DC can kind of clamber on board to that kind of idea and... With the look of, you know, as we mentioned before, they have released a picture of uh, Ben Affleck in the Batman outfit and the Batmobile, which looks kind of cool. And there's even a little picture in the bottom left-hand corner of the Joker's face, if you look carefully enough. Um, but is this, this is that actually there or is that photoshopped in? No, no, that was... Um, if you look at um, Zack Snyder's um, Twitter, he actually posted a... Um, a shot directly from the set and whether he photoshopped that in or not is another matter but it hasn't been photoshopped in by anyone else if that makes any sense it's there because it uh, needs actually, to be there. I, I was trying to find the image and uh, <laughs> I googled it I accidentally got a link to CNN and I don't trust anything that's coming from them so I don't blame you hang uh, on I'm, I, I have a I have it here. I'm looking at I'm looking up Snyder's right now Okay. His Twitter account. Just look at it. Uh, I did see that earlier, but I wasn't sure if that was. It didn't. I. I saw it. I. I looked back and forth on another picture, and I wasn't sure if it was actually there or not. All right. I'm just looking so we'll it up see. now. This is fantastic radio, by the way. Um, yeah, I was just looking up things on Google. Do you know it might not um, even be the but, Joker? It could just be part of the Batmobile that looks very much like him. No, I think it is the Joker actually. I don't. I feel like it's not actually there, but um, if I could find the actual picture from this thing, uh, 
which I can't find his Twitter account. I just typed in Zack Snyder and it's not here. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think that's pretty much it for our conversation about Men of Steel. I think so, yeah. We we hashed a few things out. It's it's now been an hour and a half, and there's like a 20-minute limit on what I can put on on Tumblr, so we're going to have to work out. Maybe this is going to have to be a, a multiple We'll shop part. this around. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, uh, I could uh, see whether we can maybe get this hosted on one of our usual... Uh, maybe we do haunts. SoundCloud? Do you think it would be available? I don't know. Do you have a SoundCloud? Mm. I don't. Um. <laughs> we could... Yeah, we can figure it out. We'll figure it out, um, yeah. But, uh, God, there's so many comic book-related things I'd love to talk about. Like, we just found out Channing Tatum's playing Gambit in the next X-Men movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe we'll do this again in the near future. If people yeah. like it, uh, worst-case scenario, we put this up on the forums, and hopefully people can see it uh, yeah. somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, can, um, we can always see whether we can maybe get it hosted at Fanoff as a one-off kind of thing. Um, just like uh, an embedded MP3 file in a in a, a thread or something but uh, yeah we'll see we'll see and um, yeah no, we'll, it's been we'll, fun we'll get it figured out until then if you are still hearing this uh, thank you guys for listening <laughs> yes yes remember to listen to Generation Animation every Sunday night at 9pm Eastern I think um, on fanoff.com yes. and uh, there's a load of other stuff over there that you need to listen to remember RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk is on on a Friday now so you should listen to them and Mike and Maria have always got their podcast available I don't know when they stream it live but I know that it's available in podcast form it's um, uh, I want to say Wednesdays Wednesdays okay we're going to say Wednesdays and if it isn't then um, you know blame Tyler um, yeah hideous I energy. think it's Wednesdays <laughs> okay Hideous Energy is always available, and that's a good laugh. Uh, they talk about comic books and dicks, uh, mainly dicks, actually. So you want to listen to that. That's that's quite funny. And they talk about comic books, which is quite apt since we've been talking about comic book characters. Um, and the Media Burnout and uh, a bunch of other shows which you, you need to check out. I don't have my list in front of me, but go and check that stuff out. And um, you never know. You might be listening to this on Fanoff. You might be listening to this on uh, on Tumblr. Who knows, but um, we'll find out what, to, what, we, what we can do with this later, and uh, hopefully there'll be more of it to come in the future. Till yeah, then. I would like to make more of this. Yes. Till then, cheerio. Bye.